mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Is it normal to crave crushed ice chippings? Is it normal to get heartburn? Is it normal to have a dead leg? Is it normal to be dizzy? Is it normal to need so many naps? Is it normal to not want to have a baby? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast. I am Jessie Ware and this podcast follows my pregnancy journey and is here to reassure and inform you about all aspects of pregnancy and giving birth. I hope you have been finding it helpful so far. We are now at week 34, not long to go now. For this episode, our resident midwife, Izzy Borton, is back to talk through some of the symptoms you might be feeling at this stage of pregnancy, what's happening with the baby, and what you can start doing to prepare for birth. You may be so used to these symptoms now, you may not even have the questions, you may just want to focus all on the birth. That's what the following episodes are going to be all about, focusing on how to best prepare for that birth. Izzy, thank you for joining us again. Uh, I hope you're all right. It's lovely weather outside, but maybe people are going to be listening to this in the uh, deep, dark winter months. However, it's sunny, I'm sweaty, I'm feeling slightly more heavy at 34 weeks pregnant and definitely very swollen. But actually, quickly about me, I'm feeling okay. I'm starting to wonder whether I should really start taking this birth seriously and get a bag pack. Do I have to get a bag pack now, Izzy? Um, well, I mean, probably not just yet. You can maybe start thinking about it. I would say around 36 weeks, start getting your things kind of ready, um, just in case you need to go in for anything. Because you're planning a home birth, aren't you? But it's always good to yeah. have have a bag ready just in case. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the the swelling is potentially because I'm 34 weeks pregnant and because it's hot outside. Is that quite normal to be happening in the summer months or any months when you're this pregnant? Yeah, so towards the end of pregnancy, um, it is quite common to get kind of swelling in your ankles. We call it edema, which is just the kind of fluid that, that ends up sitting in your extremities. Um, the only thing is, is that you can sometimes get swelling in your kind of hands, feet and face mm. when you develop something called preeclampsia, which I think we've talked about before. It's one of the symptoms. And so 
if the swelling's really excessive and you have and it's come on very suddenly um and if you're having anything else like headaches or kind of visual disturbances then i would definitely give your kind of midwife a call but if it's just a little bit of puffiness in your feet tends to be towards the end of the day when you've been on your feet all day um especially in the warm weather it is and in the kind of later part of your pregnancy it is quite common um and you'll find that most of the time you have to take your rings off your fingers and things like that if you're wearing jewelry towards the end of pregnancy um now i'm talking to you as i bounce on my pregnancy ball um this was recommended i got it by my midwife who came to see me and she was like because <laughs> i think she could see that i wasn't slowing down with work and she said have you got a pregnancy ball and i said oh god yeah i'd forgotten about that So I wanted to know, is this the time where you need to start trying to sit upright to try and get the baby into an optimal position? Because something else that my midwife said, she said that my baby's head is down. Potentially the baby will stay there. And we're going to talk about breech babies in a bit, actually. But um, should I be allowed to lie down on my bed still and chill out and recline on the sofa when I'm watching TV at night? Or should I be more upright now and on the pregnancy ball or just kind of sitting forward a little bit more at this stage at 34 weeks? So I would say there's no wrong time to start thinking about your baby's position. Um, I would say from 34 weeks is a, a pretty good time to start kind of taking it into account in terms of like the position you're in because essentially it's great that your baby's head down and is most likely to stay head down because most babies do end up being head down but it's not just about that it's also like you said about optimal fetal positioning what we're really aiming for is um we know that when a baby is head down and their back is round towards the front of your tummy it tends to be that when you go into labour, if they're in this position, it's kind of, we use the word optimal because it essentially, if they're in that position, it makes it a little bit easier for them to move through your pelvis in labour. And that's because they have to do a kind of sequence of turns. Unfortunately, our pelvis isn't the best designed <laughs> for um, for labour or not, not that it's not well designed, it's very well designed, but we used to you know move around on four legs and have no problems whatsoever giving birth and now that we're on two legs our babies have to do this kind of sequence of movements um during labor and tends to be that if their back is round towards the front it's a bit easier for them to do that sequence of kind of rotations and as exactly as you said being on a ball what's really fantastic about that is it to kind of tilt your pelvis forward so we talk about trying to aim for positions where you are upright and your pelvis is forward and open so if you remember ufo upright forward Mm -hmm. open um because it kind of basically with the help of gravity brings your baby's background towards the front of your tummy and that is kind of a little bit more kind of preferable um but that's not to say if your baby is back to back um which you might hear your midwife saying when she's feeling a baby's position when you see her occasionally babies are back to back it doesn't mean that your baby will stay that way it's even more than ever that's a good time to be kind of practicing those positions that you you're mentioning of like being upright and being on your ball 
And um, you don't have to be, um, you know, you can rest. <laughs> you don't have to be like constantly bouncing all day and yeah. night. But um, I would say if you're lying down, it's best to kind of lie on your side or not be too flat mm-hmm. um, yeah. to rest. Okay, well, we've got um, a message from Abby via the Positive Birth Company. She gave a message saying, is it normal for my pubic bone to hurt sometimes at 34 weeks? Yeah, so the pubic bone can be become a little bit sore. Um, in pregnancy, you're releasing a hormone called relaxin and it kind of softens all your ligaments and joints, creates a bit more space in your pelvis for your baby because everything's able to relax a bit. Um, but at the front of your, where your pubic bone is, there's actually like a bit of cartilage that joins your pelvic bones there. And as everything kind of relaxes and almost like spreads a little bit, it it's almost creates like a bit of a tugging sensation on mm-hmm. the, the front of that bit of cartilage there. And um, that can create a bit of pain or if your baby's kind of sat in a certain way, it can put a bit more strain on your on your pelvis. So it is common if it's becoming really sore and debilitating, then speak to your midwife you know you can some women find getting in the bath help some people find that they need to take paracetamol or something if it's really painful and it's hurting when you walk and it can kind of get to the stage sometimes with pelvic girdle pain that it does become really debilitating and in that case women often need to see a physio but if it's just a little bit sore it's nothing to to worry about too much um now we have some voice notes um this one is from mabel I would love to know more about perineal massage. Um, When you should start doing it? Is it an ancient sort of concept that people have been doing for thousands and thousands of years? Probably. I'd be interested to know because all I've heard about it so far is sort of anecdotal evidence where people swear by it. But I'd love to know what professionals think and... When do you start? When do you, you know, how do you do it? It's a bit of an unspoken one. I feel like I know that, Mabel, actually. Um, So thank you, Mabel, for sending in a voice note. Izzy, can you help Mabel with the myth of perennial massage? Yeah, so just for anyone that is like, what is... What are you talking about? Yeah, what is perineal massage? So your perineum is the area between of skin um, but there's also muscle inside between the vagina and the anus so it's the kind of I don't know what what would you describe that as the area between the vagina and anus Um, and essentially it's that's what's going to stretch to when your baby's head is being born um if you you know you go on to have a vaginal birth then that area is going to stretch and what we know, um, especially if you're having your first baby, is it is quite common to have some degree of tearing. Um, and I really always just hate having to use that word, but I'm just going to go ahead and, and be honest with you, is that it is really common to have some degree of kind of trauma to that area. And, you know, to an extent, it is designed to, to tear in a way. But what we want to avoid is any kind of severe tears that go on to kind of impact urinary function or kind of any um, sexual function or anything that's just going to have long-term impact on your 
sexual health and gynecological health. And um, what we know is actually what Mabel picked up on there was, you know, what's the evidence for this? I've heard it anecdotally. Um, It's actually the only thing that we know reduces your risk of tearing in terms of when they've done big reviews of all the evidence this is the only thing along with hot compresses when you're giving birth that reduces the risk of you tearing if you're having your first baby so it is evidence-based and I think that's why it's really increased in popularity and us midwives talking about it and and other kind of birth workers encouraging it so in terms of how to do it And when I would recommend starting from 34 weeks and that's purely because the evidence we have about it, that's that's when they started. It's not that it's necessarily harmful to start before then, but we know that that's that's when everything kind of has been studied from. And um, the best thing to do, I always kind of suggest that you do it when you've had a bath or a shower because your tissues will be warm and relaxed. And it's good to use a lubricant, like a kind of natural oil that you know you're not going to have any reaction to or just like a kind of water-based lubricant. And if you're doing it on yourself, it's usually I would say to use your thumb or you can get your partner to do it for you if you're struggling to get around your bump and they should probably use one or two fingers because they're facing you. And It's just about massaging and stretching the perineum. You're not going very far inside the vagina. If you're doing it on yourself, just going up to like the first knuckle of your thumb and kind of almost like a sweeping motion. So from side to side, stretching down towards your back passage through your vagina, if that makes sense. So normally when I explain this to people, I do lots of like, hand motions and so it's actually quite hard to Mm. explain it via uh, audio but there's lots of helpful guides online and things and you know not necessarily of real people doing them but illustrations and things so you're popping your thumb in and stretching down towards your back passage and you will feel like a stretching sensation and you almost will feel like that pressure in your back passage and I always say to people it's quite helpful in that way to know some of those sensations that you're going to feel when you're stretching and giving birth because those are all new sensations to you if you're having your first baby Um, or if you've had a baby before but maybe you had you know an epidural so you didn't feel those sensations Um, does that make sense yeah it does and I I mean one tip that I've got is that because the bump can get in the way and maybe your partner doesn't fancy helping you out with perennial massage I found that if you put your leg on the toilet, one leg on the loo, you can kind of get in there a bit easier Mm -hmm. because there's a bit more space. And so that was something that really helped me that someone told me. Yeah. Also, you can kind of, I think you can go to most pharmacies and you probably would be able to get a perennial massage oil if you want. But like you say, you can just use olive oil if you wanted or almond oil or something. So, um, yeah, I think I I kind of forgot it's 34 weeks, so whoops. But that's great to know now. And also, I wanted to know, if you've had a baby before, Izzy, mm. and you've, you've stretched a bit before, do you still need to stretch um, this time around? So you're less likely to have a tear. If you've had a baby before, that skin has stretched, those muscles have stretched. Um, mm. Sometimes if you've had 
tears with previous babies or if you've had something called an episiotomy where there's a, a cut to the to the area like to the vaginal wall um there might be some scar tissue there and so I sometimes suggest still doing perineal massage because although it's it's most proven to help with your first baby I see it as something that's not going to do any harm Mm. if you're having you know subsequent babies so if it's something that you feel you want to do then it's it's not harmful with your second baby you're less likely to tear anyway so it's hard to say whether it's the perineal massage that's made it less likely or if it if you weren't going to anyway basically imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What do you think about these um, instruments that can kind of assist you with the perennial stretching and massage? Um, there's ones like Epino, there's the Annie Ball. I don't think the Annie Ball was around a few years ago. I knew about the Epino and I guess that's it's called Epino because it's trying to say no to an episiotomy. Um, I guess we, we could talk about episiotomies now because we've kind of touched on it. What is an episiotomy? So an episiotomy is a cut that's kind of performed at the birth of the baby, at the base and off to kind of the side of your vagina, so away from your back passage. The idea is that it opens the vagina and um, if there's any concerns with maybe how the vagina is stretching or if there's a tear forming and the the kind of person that's assisting at the birth is thinking they're trying to avoid a more severe tear or it's also sometimes suggested in a kind of a more emergency scenario where there are concerns to do with the baby being distressed. Um, but we do know that in terms of healing, it's better for you to tear naturally than to have an episiotomy. And it's sometimes also if you, um, when you give birth, if it's 
suggested that you're well if if it's been recommended for your baby to be delivered with an instrument so with forceps then they would strongly recommend having an episiotomy but it can sometimes have a bit of an impact on your healing it can be a bit more tricky to keep clean it can be more likely to have an infection um, around where that cut's been performed and um, sometimes can kind of have a bit of discomfort in the stages of healing because it's an artificial cut rather than a natural tear so it's you know it's definitely something it used to be done very routinely many moons ago in the 70s um I remember my mum saying like it was you know everyone it wasn't really an option um which is obviously not ideal um but I would say it's not something that we we do without you know as routine it would it would only be suggested if if there was kind of a reason to either prevent a more severe tear or to kind of try and speed up the delivery of the baby if there were concerns like kind of sudden concerns at the birth okay so I've got some more voice notes from people that are around the 34 week 33 week stage and this one is from Rachel hi I'm now 35 weeks pregnant And when I got to 28 weeks, um, it was found I had very high blood pressure and was diagnosed with pregnancy-induced hypertension. I was wondering, when I get to 37 weeks, will it be likely that I'll need to be induced and how will this affect my birth plan? Thank you, Rachel. Uh, Izzy, how will that affect her birth plan? Yeah, so I think, obviously, it will very much depend on how her blood pressure is being managed by her obstetric team and every decision that's made regarding that should be one that she's really involved with and understands and I can't really predict when um, because we know that in the last few weeks of pregnancy sometimes blood pressure becomes slightly less well managed even if if someone's on medication and things so it will very much depend on what's happening there. In terms of her birth plan I think that, you know, I know we're going to cover birth planning next time we chat. And um, I think that it's really about thinking about making as if, if you know, it's likely that you're going to be induced and that might not be just for blood pressure. That might be for all manner of things. If it's been recommended to you that the safest option is to have an induction earlier than your due date, then there's still lots of things that you can do to prepare and plan for your birth. So, so you know who you're going to have with you, um, being really well informed about your pain relief options and knowing as much information as possible about the induction process that's kind of part of your hospital's guidelines. It's quite useful at the moment as well to ask about visiting times and things for when you're being induced because it can sometimes take a few days um, because there's lots of, have been lots of restrictions. It it might be that you want to kind of prepare and plan and know about um, who can be with you and when they can be with you when you're having your induction. So I think it's a difficult one to say kind of specifics. I think with an induction, it can feel quite overwhelming um, that suddenly something's kind of being recommended that wasn't what you had initially planned. And I think there's still lots of ways that, that you can make that a really positive experience and work with the team that's looking after you to to make sure that your kind of preferences and choices are being listened to and upheld in in the planning of the birth of your baby. 
We're actually going to talk a little bit more about induction um, on week 38 with Jess McMicking. So we will talk in more detail about that then. But thank you, Izzy. Lastly, I've got a message from a lady called Sarah who has been experiencing carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, Here we go. Hi, I'm Sarah and I am 34 weeks pregnant and I um, have just started experiencing what I've found out is to be carpal tunnel syndrome, where I've got really painful pins and needles in my wrist, both my wrists actually. So painful that even like in the middle of the night, especially I'll wake up from the pain and I'll have to shake it out. I need to keep my arm high up. I'll need to get out of bed. It's agony. I just wondered if this was a normal symptom basically and if when it might go away. Thanks, Sarah. Izzy, I've heard about carpal tunnel syndrome. Is it a common thing to happen at this stage of pregnancy? And for people that don't know what it is, can you explain a little bit more? It is quite common. Um, So basically the carpal tunnel is like a passage into your wrist. And when you're pregnant and you have a bit of fluid retention, it can kind of build in your wrist joints and press on nerves that go into your hand. And then it can create this kind of numbness tingling sometimes can be quite painful and you know like Sarah said it's really bothering her she's having to get up in the night so again it's one of those things that it's quite common it's just not very pleasant um it does tend to resolve so it can sometimes take a little bit of time it's not kind of one of those symptoms it's immediate as soon as baby's born it goes for some women it does last a little while and you might need some treatment so sometimes people need wrist splints and things um to help ease symptoms and I think if it's starting out you're starting to feel those sensations in your hand try to just keep your hands moving doing different like hand exercises just basically keeping the the flow of of blood and things moving through your hands it might be that you're feeling it more at night if um because obviously at night you're at rest and you're not you're not moving and maybe that's why the the fluid is kind of building up then but it is quite a common one tends to resolve and if it's not then it's it's good idea to try and get a referral to a specialist that can help um now let's move on to the baby how big is the baby what's happening with the baby anything exciting developing with the baby well the baby is at a stage where their organs have all developed and mostly matured except the lungs which still have some development to go and at this stage the baby's laying down more fat which is stored under the skin and helps to keep them warm when they're born um, because they're going to have to regulate their own temperature for the first time when they're born and the fat will help them to do this Mm. from here onwards it's mostly about your baby putting on weight and growing bigger And um, you'll continue to feel them moving in their regular pattern all the way up to the birth. But as the baby gets bigger, you might find that those movements feel a bit more like rolls and nudges rather than really big kicks um, and kind of punches. But the movements won't slow down at all. So do make sure that you're aware of that and, you know, don't listen to you know there's some myths out there that babies start moving less towards the end of pregnancy Mm. and it's absolutely not true um they'll keep moving in their regular pattern right up until they're born thank you so much to our midwife izzy borton for joining us thank you to all the women that 
sent in voice notes and messages it means a lot i hope you're all doing okay and i hope to see you for 35 weeks we'll be focusing on pain management in labor it's quite a big topic there's a lot to get through take care look after yourselves and we'll see you for week 35 fantastic A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com